0: This is Other Voices. We're listening to varied views from local people who might otherwise not be heard. I'm Melissa Hale Spencer, editor of the Altamont Enterprise, which focuses on Albany County, New York. I'm talking to Milton Hart. His service in World War II as a combat infantryman gave him a sense of camaraderie. The soldiers he served with, he said, were as close to me as a brother would be. Hart has stayed in touch with his comrades in arms throughout his life and at 94 is one of the few surviving. He returned to his home in Bern after the war, working at the mill as his father and grandfather had before him. The town's long gone honor roll listing World War II veterans was replaced with a replica in 2006. But that monument is now in disrepair and Hart would like to see a more permanent monument to honor Burn veterans of all wars. The reason I got interested in Milton is because he is at the center of a, a movement in Bern to come up with a memorial for veterans. So welcome, Milton, and thanks for joining us today.
1: Well, I'm glad to be here. If I can give you any help, I'd be more than happy to.
0: Well, I'd like to start by just hearing a little about your life growing up in Bern. Just tell me a bit about where you grew up and what your family did and what your life was like as a boy in Bern.
1: Oh, it was great. You know, all our friends were in Burn, and, uh, you know, the good old days. We, uh, in fact, I started... Uh, and when Burn Knox Central uh, got centralized, I was in the first class that uh, graduated from Burn. And, you know, I always, uh, always loved it there. My dad and uh, grandfather had a business there, and uh, which continues to this day. It, it finally, uh, well, going to GLF and finally Agway. And uh, that's when I retired in 2000. And, uh, yeah, 2000. Two thousand. Uh, yeah, I've been out of the business now uh, twenty years. And, and uh, that had, business after is I sold. It.
0: The mill, right? That business is called. Yeah, the mill. right. The yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, was, uh Sue Landrum and Steve run it now, own it, and uh, and uh, I moved to, moved here after about two twenty oh nine. There when my wife started getting Alzheimer's. And,
0: well, it's a remarkable thing to have a business that lasts for that many generations. That's really wonderful. I'd like to hear specifically about your service in World War II. What, what made you um, decide to join the Army? How old were you, and, and what went into that decision?
1: Well, the whole thing started. I, uh, there were three of us boys in high school that uh, decided to uh, enlist in the Air Force. And uh, in fact, one of them that made it, Mike uh, Mike Warren, we'll see. Uh, his nickname was Mike. Is Joel's father, who's on the uh, town board for now. Mm-hmm. And I think we're I think we're about the only two World War II vets left. But anyway, uh, I didn't uh, make it physically. My left eye wasn't good enough, and I I couldn't drive the dot prior. Uh, you know give anything to the doctor to get me through. I says, come on, come on, you know, hook me in there. And No, your left eye isn't good enough. So what happened, I get drafted, I said, well, I might as well get drafted. I wind up in the Air Force in, uh, in um, Wichita Falls, Texas, there, and I, and had my basic training there, and uh, I had about, uh, well, they had flights, they called it, they were with separated with 20, 30 people, and we went through BASIC, and uh, our flight, most of them went uh, all the different places to get uh, engine mechanics and radio mechanics and so forth, and uh, three of us that were in the flight wind up getting transferred to Camp Campbell, Kentucky in the 20th Armored Division. Well, we went, what the heck's going on? Well, I guess they kicked us out of the Air Force because none of the three of us had ever been on sick. So we figured, hey, they figured there's a couple or three guys that are pretty healthy, with them in the infantry. And that's where I wound up.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: And, and uh, when I got there and got transferred into the 70th Armored Infantry Battalion, and I said, Gee, there's a lot of activity going on here. They're getting ready to go on maneuvers. Said, yeah, we're getting ready to head overseas. This is all great. So, uh, you know, I hadn't been in the Army, uh, you know, uh, uh, hardly six months. And then here we are headed over the pond into into Europe. And um, we landed in Le Havre and uh, we got in on the tail end of the war. I probably are. Biggest fame to glory. There we were in on the liberation of Dachau and the, uh, and the destroying there of Munich. We uh, were the first outfit in there, and at uh, that time they all we always told them the 20th Armored had to come over to wind up the war.
0: Hmm. Well, I'd like to hear specifically about the liberation of Dachau. Um, what? If you could just describe what that was like what you saw there
1: I I saw too much If you ever get to Washington go in the world, go into the uh, Holocaust museum and look at the Dachau diorama and you see it all it I it was unbelievable I I tear up every time I think about it the, the uh Real real car is loaded with the bodies there that are getting decrepit, and the 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 people who were there were you know half starved to death, and and I I always think that we probably aided some of them because we gave all our rations. We liberated you know these they were like walking skeletons, Mm. and you know we just you know they. I suspect having a Hershey bar was one of the worst things they could have had at that time.
0: Just because their systems couldn't even take it in, they right, were Right, so
1: yeah, yeah, but it, yeah, uh, it, was, it was horrible, you know. So but we weren't there long, and, and uh, I think the other, some of the other outfits behind us that, that took care of the place. So uh, they they got us out of there pretty much in a hurry, and on into Munich and. Uh, then the war ended. In fact, we were just below, headed up into the uh, towards the Brenner Pass. There was a few SS troops still held out, and uh, that's when the uh, war ended. And we headed back for the states. Uh, because, so tell it. Let's uh, this
0: hear what it was like when the war ended. What was the feeling then? What was there a celebration? Was there? A, a oh sense yeah,
1: of- yeah. We were celebrated. We even celebrated with the Germans. They were just as happy, I think, as, as we were, some of the troops that we were there. And, uh, so what was that like? First.
0: What was the celebration like with the Germans?
1: What what's that? What
0: was that like, celebrating with the Germans? You said they were just as happy to have the war over as you.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, the, one of the first things I know after the, uh, I think it was about a day or two after the, uh, the uh armistice or the uh, the armistice haven't been signed yet but we uh <clears throat> heard a commotion going on there's like a dump near where we it for a little while see as we hear machine gun fire and we go, what the heck is going on and our uh, staff sergeant there Bob and says hey you guys go and see what the hell's going on over there we get over there here's a uh, the Germans and some of the some of our outfit and uh, some of the German outfit and they're trading guns, showing how the other ones shoot. They're putting cans up there in, the, in this dump and picking them off. <laughs> they're having a great time. Mm. Yeah, it was it was quite amazing, really. That I guess they didn't want the war any more than we did.
0: Isn't that something? So people that had been shooting at each other just three days before (laughs) were trading guns and picking off cans in a dump.
1: Wow. Yeah, it was was funny. Uh, Yeah. Then then we got sobered up when uh, we found out we were one of the first outfits headed back. And we landed in in New York off the uh, troop ship on August the 6th, 1945. The day the first A bomb was dropped on Hiroshima,
0: oh, and uh, we
1: figured that that saved our lives because the twentieth armored was scheduled to uh, be in the uh, in the first wave of landing when we were going to invade Japan. We were scheduled to go to Camp Cook, California, for amphibious training, and and from there out to the Pacific. And they thought that. Uh, according to the plans, or anyway, they always told us there would be probably 40 to 50% casualties at the infantry of that uh, invasion. So I assume that that saved my life.
0: Isn't that something? Um, so that very same day that your ship landed in New York, August 6, 1945, that was when the atom bomb was dropped on Hiroshima.
1: Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was great, you know, we got all the, these little kids are there selling the paper, you know, and they read all about it, first A-bomb, and in uh, fact, there's a, I have a, a photograph hanging here in my collection of, uh, I think it was the New York World Telegram, it had on the front page, it had our troop ship, the SS John Erickson, uh, near the pier there in the raindrops, and I suspect with all the people stolen up on the picture, uh, I was probably one of them, but I never could picture my figure which one was me.
0: Oh my gosh, talk about being part of history. isn't that something? So once your troopship landed and the atom bomb ended the Japanese initiative, what what happened? Did you get to go right home or did you have to um, well.
1: Uh, the uh, uh, of course everything was on a point system mm-hmm. after the war, as I remember. You know the married guys got to go home first, and so all of us younger guys that didn't have any points or anything, we you know they couldn't let everybody out at once. So we still went to Camp Cook, and uh, oh God, it was uh, it was a terrible fall, as I remember it. We paraded from one end of California to the other. We went. In fact, we were in the Rose Bowl in nineteen, uh, yeah, January first, forty-six. Uh, some of our division, we were in uh, paraded in the Rose Bowl, and and uh, most of our operation was drumming government members or running up money there to pay for the war. They were still selling the victory bonds and whatnot. So I knew all I did was parade. <laughs> and so uh, our outfit finally got dispersed, and, and uh, then we got transferred into the 2nd Armored Division in uh, Fort Hood, Texas. And from there, I wound up, uh, oh, I guess I was there three, four months and finally got discharged.
0: So, what was it like to come home to burn? Did you get a hero's welcome?
1: Well, yeah, just, just so to speak. In fact, uh, when uh, I think it was uh, just a few days after the A, when it all happened, yeah, a couple of girls that I knew that had a car picked me up. And I remember we wound up down on Satan Pearl and all, Albany. Mm-hmm. And, oh, my God, what a what a, what a a ruckus was going on there. And anybody that had a uniform on, I don't know, they... Uh, I guess I could have made, been been made president. <laughs> <laughs> they were they were very, very appreciative.
0: Oh, isn't that great? Well, but I was it hard? What was the adjusting back to civilian life in Bern? Did were you haunted by the memories of what you had seen, especially at Doctor well, wow, or
1: Somewhat, but you know, I, I uh, you know, coming from a uh, my father was an only child. My mother was an only child, and I'm an only child. so I think one of the biggest things coming home was missing the camaraderie there of the service and just you know I, I i missed this guy and uh, we had several you know were probably closest to me they as close to me as a brother would be and yeah i kinda I kind of missed that more than anything, but then i uh my father and grandfather had the business, and I just kind of wound up staying in that. And then there, after a few downturns and my father passing away, I finally wound up owning it and running it there until I retired.
0: And the the these comrades that you had that were like brothers to you, did you were you able to stay in touch with them or once you all dispersed and got back to your normal lives, did did it, did
1: it? Oh, no, we had a real, it was several years we finally had a real active 20th Armored Division uh, Association. And yeah, some of my, in fact, uh, one of my last buddies just passed away. His wife called me, uh, I think it was last month there. He got, uh, he. well, he was having amnesia and and he wasn't in good see a nursing home, mm-hmm. but uh, the car uh, covid nineteen got him, and yes, he wound up uh, passing away. And yeah I have uh, I have one other buddy still living out in Chicago. that we you don't know, call on the phone, but yeah, almost all of them is uh, taken off ahead of me.
0: so how how old are you now?
1: i'm ninety four.
0: Oh my goodness. Wow. So, is is that hard having these people die before you? And as you said, you and Mister Wilsley, Mike Wilsley, are the last two veterans left in Burn. Is that is that? Yeah, a tough-
1: it's uh, quite amazing, really. <laughs> Mike and Mike and I, when we get together, in fact, we graduated from high school together. There, and, yeah, we always were always kidding, you know. The the uh, that besides that. Uh, there were only three boys left when we graduated and the one passed away and Mike is always combating and laughing two thirds of the boys in that class are still alive <laughs> and I said yeah we made it so far.
0: So there were just three boys in the class and the two of you are the, the yeah, both, ones Yeah so a lot of
1: them quit high school and, yeah. and enlisted you know earlier and yeah, know and, yeah, well, the rest of us were 18 we waited till uh, well, I, I wanted to get in, but my father and mother, I guess, talked me out of enlisting. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Well, you certainly did your part. So tell tell us now a little about the memorial in Bern and the original memorial, as well as we'll talk later a bit about what the new memorial might be. But what, what was in place in Bern originally?
1: Well, it, uh, I don't know if you was did you see the replica, or have you ever seen the replica of the town park in Burn? I Bern? have.
0: We covered it back when that Eagle Scout was putting it together. Okay,
1: well, that, that's uh, that's uh, almost an exact uh, duplicate of what was there in front of the, what was it, at that time, Fred Hookstraster's General Store. It was about the intersection of, uh, Co- of Irish Hill Road and 443. There was a little. Uh, fact, I think that's flagpole is still there, and that's where the memorial was. And I don't, I don't know who started it or who, uh, how it ever got there. But I know that all of our names are on it, and uh, some of them were kind of illegible. There is a picture taken, I believe, by the Aldemont Enterprise. In fact, the gal of the historical society that was hunting up, uh, getting the. Names and whatnot for the one that the Eagle Scout made. Uh Fred Landrum, a Marine who's passed away. He and uh, myself uh, sorta of got all the names that we could and I don't think we missed anybody, but the the two more the the one that's in the town park looks identical to the the one that uh, was the original.
0: So just to describe it to people that haven't seen it, it it was three panels, a large panel in the center, and then two wing panels, and this was out of wood, painted white with the names listed in rows on the different panels. Oh, yes.
1: Yeah.
0: And so yeah. there's been a lot of... Uh, controversy lately over statues and memorials, you know, with some of them coming down uh, if they were slaveholders, but what,
1: no, what... don't even get me talking about no, that. No,
0: but what does it mean, <laughs> what did it mean to you to have this memorial with your name on it and the names of, you know, the other... Young men, I assume they were all men in that era, the other young men
1: that you knew. Oh, well, no, we had we some women that oh, were you did? in the, uh, were around there, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, there were a, couple, a couple of nurses. Yeah. I don't think the, uh, yeah, yeah, was one, uh, I think Norma Dietz was, uh, was in the wax. Uh, yeah, there, there was... Uh, there were some women on them. So, what did but that? But it was primarily, primarily men. Of yeah, course.
0: but that's great. Women too. So, what did that mean to you? To you know, to have that monument there with your name on it and the name, the names of the other people you knew and people who had served.
1: Well, I don't know. I it may be sort of a you know kind of a of a nice thing to have us remembered down through the years. Not that I'm. That much of an egotist, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I, you know, it would be nice to, to in fact, I have all the wars now, you know, to, even Vietnam, and to uh, have it, you know, memorized so that the people, uh, future generations, maybe you'll know what, you know, some of us went through.
0: Yeah, so what, that original one just kind of collapsed or fell away or disappeared yeah, over the apparently. years?
1: apparently. Yeah, I don't know ever what did happen to it. I, all of a sudden, you know, the, the new one was headed there for the for the town park. And, uh, yeah, I remember they, when the day of ed- dedication, there were, I think there were about eight or ten of us that were all World War II, that our names were on there at that time. And I can't tell you that date either, but I know there were... Uh, There were quite a few of us that uh, were there at the
0: dedication. That was in 2006. We had covered that. And um, the Eagle Scout, Justin Lewis, had done that for his Eagle project. So let's see. I'm trying to do the math. That was uh, 14 years ago. And now that's now in disrepair. And tell us just a little about how this current initiative started to try to come up with some, some other kind of, uh, remembrance?
1: Well, I don't know how will really start. I guess my first, uh, when I saw it in disrepair, I guess I called Sean up first. I know him and, uh, <coughs> suggested to him that, um, I think he told me they were thinking about getting it repaired there in the town garage. And I said, well, have you ever given thought to, uh, you know, scrapping the whole thing and uh, maybe getting a nice little blue stone wall there, 8 or 10 feet uh, wide and having the names you know, just the names permanently put on a, either a plaque or something like that and he said, that sounds like a good idea and I guess I posed a question at one of the neat dinners in Bern or I think it was one of the uh, Lutheran Church breakfast there on a Saturday of the month that I miss uh, Bonnie Conklin, who's now on the town board, and then I uh, we meet some of us, uh, some of us old timers, and who were in World War II and subsequent went uh, war. Uh, meet at Tools Restaurant in Delmar occasionally, to, you know, about once a month for you know game sessions, and uh, Joel brought Mike down one day, and so. Uh, I opposed it to him. I said, oh, you're on the town board. Why did all you guys get together? And uh, then all of a sudden, Karen, who had been on the town board, uh, I get a call from her. She says, can you get up to, uh, to Mike Wilsey's? I think it was a couple, two, three Saturdays ago. And uh, she says, we'll uh, social distance and, mm-hmm. and discuss this thing. And uh, that's what it got into... Uh, a little bit more detail up to, uh, you know, honoring all the the veterans of all the wars. And uh, I think probably Karen fills you in, I think, next, uh, yeah, I think a week from, from what day is today? Friday.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: I think a week from today we're supposed to have another uh, uh, session with some more people that are interested in it. And, uh, you know, take it from there. I don't know whether, you know, the whether the taxpayers would pay for it. I suggested there they have these GoFundMe, and I think that would uh, raise, you know, could raise enough money to uh, get something, you know, a little more substantial.
0: Yeah, I liked your idea of Helderberg Bluestone, both because it's a native stone, but also because it would last longer. Um.
1: Right, yes. Yeah, that's what I, something, you know, that we don't have to keep looking at, uh, to repair like it rots away.
0: And I also like the idea of names as a memorial. You know, the Vietnam War Memorial in Washington um, has the names of all the soldiers who died. Everyone, yes,
1: I've been there, you know. And though in fact, our, uh, our 20th Armored Division, uh, the World War Two. Uh, it was about the last memorial dedicated, really. You know, we we were way behind time, but uh, our outfit uh, participated there in the dedication when uh, when that was uh, dedicated. And oh, so was, were you? Very, were you there
0: for that dedication?
1: Yes, oh. yes. Yeah, you know, we were. Yeah, you know, our our reu- our reunion was scheduled for that, uh, and we for we had a uh, one of the members of our outfit. We never knew quite what he did, you know. We we didn't know whether we could get motel or hotel rooms. That uh, you know, with so many people being there, and we found out he'd been a former ambassador to uh, to Argentina. And he says, "Oh, I think I can get a motel for us," <laughs> which he did, and uh, oh, we were right. Uh, yeah, we were in Arlington, and we, uh, yeah, there were about. Uh, I think there must have been. Uh, Oh, forty 40 or 50 of us uh, that were, you know, veterans of the 20th Armour. Of course, a lot of our sons and grandsons and whatnot come. Oh, and that's uh, wonderful. We
0: wrote quite a lot about that at the Enterprise because Mr. Persico, who lived in Gilderland, had written the words that were going to be uh, engraved on that, and Cindy Pollard at the Homefront Cafe did a lot of fundraising, and you're right, it was the only yeah. war that didn't have a monument there in Washington, so you were there for the actual dedication. What what was that ceremony like? What was it like being there?
1: Oh, man, that was that was a great ceremony. It was all, and the people who were there, in fact, we had a, uh, our seats were probably about 100 yards from uh, we, we got laughing, George Bush, and uh, and uh, uh, I can't even think of the other president there. Uh, uh, yeah, about all of them, I think, were there. But uh, they all got laughing. Clinton was there, yeah, and Bush, and they're telling jokes. We could see him sitting there, you know, all uh, having a great time. And, yeah, and it was uh, the uh, Army head that they uh or the Air Force or Army, either one, I don't know which, had their choppers hovering over the whole thing all the while there with uh, with the troops right in them. You know, you could see the guys sitting there with their uh, AR-15s, you know, if anything broke out, they guarding the whole ceremony.
0: Oh, my. That yeah, was
1: quite, quite impressive.
0: Yeah. One of the
1: most impressive things, though, to take a, take a side and for humor, uh, the motel we had uh, uh, had been quickly erected, I guess, to, to handle some of the uh, crowd they expected and they hadn't planned the elevators too good. But anyway, you had to get on the elevator and go up to make sure you could make it to the ground floor and about five or six of us get off the elevator in the morning and lo and behold, there was a uh, I don't know, I must have been about maybe eight, 10, 11th graders, uh, from, I don't remember what school it was, were there to uh, to uh, watch it for And as we're getting off, the teacher is standing there you know, and he says, boys, take a look at these gentlemen getting off that elevator. And you can be able to tell your your kids and grandkids you were right here and saw world war veterans And one little kid I uh, broke us up World War one or two <laughs> and uh, and and the teacher start, started started review you know, you know Johnny you know and I guess I like I just know oh, what are you doing to the kid I said half of you probably don't even know there were two and and he had the sense you know to know that they're we had been in the World War I, too, but it was quite humorous. We all got a kick out of
0: it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Well, so just tell us a little about why monuments matter. I mean, there you were for this World War Two one, and here you are instrumental in trying to get one in your hometown um. Why? Why do they matter? And you said don't get you going on the current tearing down of statues, <laughs> but just if you could kind of tell no, us you, you. your philosophy about that.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, you, I I'm I'm very disgusted with trying to rewrite history. You know, it is what it is, and uh, you know we have to carry on from there. And uh, yeah, this. Uh, What's going on now in the country is very, very disturbing. I don't know. It, it's, uh, it, it doesn't seem to end, and I, I, I don't know. I don't know how to change it, really.
0: Well, you know, are there uh, different ways of understanding history, though? Like in Germany, you know, the, some of the camps, one of the ones you helped liberate, the Germans have made those into memorials so that their citizens can remember the horrors of what went on there. And some of the monuments, it seems to me like the World War II monument or the Vietnam monument, they don't honor, they honor those who fought and those who died, but not Putting anyone on a pedestal that also did some things that weren't so good, maybe.
1: Yeah, you're you're right. Yeah, you know, and I. uh, Well, the first thing that got me going there was a couple of years ago when Kaepernick there started kneeling for the uh, the football field, Mm -hmm. and you know, I, I looked at myself and I says he should be standing there saluting. Praising the flag, the anthem, the Pledge of Allegiance. This is what gives the idiot, you know, the, the, the foolishness of... Pro- he can protest motherhood if he wants to. He can get on the corner of state and pearl and, and protest anything he wants. But the civil, he's protesting the flag. They're the, they're the things that give him the right to do this. You know, he, some guy going... Try it down in Cuba, or over in China or North Korea, and you know you probably get about a half-inch column there in the obituaries the next day. But mm. uh, yeah, they 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 they're they're not they're not protesting the right way to be anyway. They're protesting the this country that gives them the right to protest. It looks like they they don't like the country. I guess they don't want to have the right to
0: protest. But well, it's, I think there's uh, un-
1: unbelievable.
0: There could be a philosophy that being a patriot is trying to make the country better. To my way of thinking, taking a knee is a kind of respectful sort of gesture, but I guess we can agree to disagree on that. But yeah, um, right, yes. yeah but I just so appreciate your bringing this to the fore with the Burn um, monument, and we've, you've run through our half an hour, and I don't know if you have any closing thoughts that you'd like to leave people with. It's just such a rich life you've lived, um, with, uh, such passion for the things that you believe in. I don't know if you have any closing thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners.
1: Well, I got. Boy, well, I guess I said all I should say, <laughs> and uh, God bless America is all I can say.